You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 24 of Here for the Truth. And today we have a very special guest, Jason Christoph. Um, just quickly before I get into it, as always, the first part of this podcast will be available to our public and the second part available to our patrons, and we appreciate all of you. So Jason's here with us. Jason Christoph is a self-sabotage expert who runs an international self-sabotage coaching school. Jason discovered many years ago that manipulative psychology, behavior modification, brainwashing, mental conditioning, and mind control are continually weaponized against the public by media and government to make the public easier to control, govern, lie to, manipulate, coerce, and steal from. Don't we know that? Jason's work is dedicated to exploring, discussing, exposing, and offering solutions to these modalities of covert public control. Jason, welcome to Here for the Truth. You've been at this a long time. Um, I know I've personally been watching your work closely and it's inspired and empowered me to, to step up my game in, in many ways. And I know you're asking us the same. Yeah, definitely. Same here, uh, Jason. You're someone that uh, I've been connected to on Facebook for a while now. And, and um, I'd be lying if I said you haven't had a huge influence in my life and, and, and speaking out and standing up and and stepping more into the masculine, you know, I, I consider you and Michael Desarian two people that have had a, a huge impact on, on my life. So I'm, I'm grateful, man, grateful to connect. And thanks again for coming on here. I really appreciate you guys having me on and I appreciate any effort and all the energy you're putting forth, trying to educate people. And uh, this is what it's all about. Just trying to help your fellow man, your fellow human being move ahead. So thank you for your efforts. Thanks, man. All right, Jason, it's a pretty crazy time that we've found ourselves in, obviously. And I mean, before, before this ramped up, you've been speaking about the herd and collectivism and the possible problems involved with that for a long time. And basically what we're seeing now is collectivism on steroids. Um, how, do you, how, how do you see what's going on at the moment? Well, I see... I, you can see that humans are easily led astray, and but that's that's the documented psychology behind human behavior. It's very easy to control what a human thinks and their beliefs, their actions, their behaviors, their ideas. All you need to do is, on a, a psychological basis, is very easy to influence someone's behavior with repetitive content. Now, the reason repetitive content is influential to the behaviors. We have this very particular part of the mind and it actually loves us. It really, it does love us deeply and immensely. It's obsessed with our protection. It wants us to survive. And it's sort of function of protection is based on looking out in the environment, seeing the repetitive content, and then assuming that it's safer to mimic and emulate and mirror and copy what most people are thinking, what most people are doing, uh, what ideas are held by most people. Mm -hmm. And when that repetitive content is seen and observed and recognized, a lot of people don't understand it becomes 
a script. So our subconscious is always trying to download repetitive content. It associates the repetitive content with safety and the bigger number and the bigger herd. And then it pushes that content as a script up to our conscious mind. And then we act it out thinking that our, our, our ideas and behaviors are completely organic. And people might say, well, that sounds a little far-fetched. I'll give you one example. Um, in the uh, year 2001, there was a movie, Gone in 60 Seconds, mm -hmm. with Angelina Jolie and Nicolas Cage. And it was a movie about car theft. So this part of the brain that's lovingly trying to protect you, it's also been proven it doesn't know the difference between real life, screen time, and imagined thought. So if you're in a theater and you're watching many repetitive scenes of car theft, your subconscious is proven to think you live in a car theft tribe. The repetitive behavior in the car theft tribe is car theft. And then it comes to the conclusion that the, the best way for you to survive or attain safety in this new village is to also steal cars. And someone says, well, that sounds really crazy, but in uh, Burnaby, BC, Canada, when Gone in 60 Seconds was, you know, released, mm -hmm. car theft went up 70% in the first four days alone. And we also see this with Fast and the Furious. We see this with what's called the Queen's Gamut on uh, Netflix. It was, a, I think it was a movie about chess. Chess sales went up a thousand percent on Amazon within the first two weeks that it was released. Humans copy what they see, because that's the foundation of human behavior. Most people do what they're doing simply because other people's doing is doing it. And the people who literally are masquerading as our altruistic governments, they're very well aware of we will repeat and emulate, mirror and copy what we see on a repetitive basis. And that's what the censorship is about. It's about turning down the repetition on the truthful end of things and then you know having this volume button and turning up the repetitive content on the propaganda the liaria and the indoctrination and they know through so many i mean it's literally thousands of years of research in this area that humans will copy and go along especially if it's endorsed with positive reinforcement and it's endorsed with authoritative backing yeah. So that's why we, that's why you get the authoritative figures on the screen, and there's there's many different facets, but they could they could make us, and it's proven. And this is a a quote from uh, Bernard Shaw, but they can make us believe snow is black, and they've done that simply through repetitive programming. It's called behavior modification. Uh, brainwashing or mind control, but it's really the control of the repetitive messages, symbols, and images that enter through the retinal, you know, down the retinal nerve and is processed as a safety-based protocol inside the subconscious mind. So I hope that explains to people what's going on. They're just acting out what they're seeing on their screen. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like, what is the antidote and why is it that even when that repetitive behavior leads someone towards self-masochism or self-sabotage, does that still override that, that part of, the, of, of our thinking? It doesn't. So this, unfortunately, it does not. So this part of the brain, if you're part of, say, an unhealthy drug addict tribe, 
the subconscious who's lovingly in charge of your protection knows that the most dangerous role you can play mm. in an unhealthy drug addicted tribe is to show up fully organic, healthy, and bringing your own Thanksgiving organic turkey to the family meal because you're going to clash with the tribe. Yeah. So its job solely is to make you fit in. If you're looking for happiness or you're looking for success, you have to fill out a separate form, take it down to the happiness desk. But that desk is not the subconscious yeah. blend in, go along to get along function. So the subconscious mind's sole purpose, and it's in control of 94 to 97% of our behavior, and it can be in charge of 100% of our behavior if we're scared. Because as soon as we're in fear, yeah. the very minor amount of brain function in the frontal lobe that allows us to interfere with our need to fit in, that completely washes down to nothing. So they do the fear first. It's like a, like a hypnotist show. They drive the fear in first and we can see the start this agenda. That's all we were getting. Yeah. And then they come behind it with the repetitive messaging about here's the problem 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 terror fear and panic and then here's the solution on a repetitive on, on a recording that never ends and then the subconscious mind wants to always find safety because that's its function you know we brought up you brought up uh, the gone in 60 seconds movie um, and obviously hollywood uh, plays a big role in, in uh, impacting people's subconscious minds. Um, I just recently started watching a show again with my wife that I hadn't seen in 20 years. And it was amazing to me, the, the well, I'd say subtle, but not, no, not so subtle when you know what's happening, programming around like the allopathic system. Everything was, hey, are you going to go see the doctor? Oh, you have to take these pills. I'm going to have to take these pills for the rest of my life. Or there was a recent episode in something uh, where... I think it was, this is us, the new season. Everyone was wearing masks. They were using the same language that they've been pushing on everyone. And then there were different scenes in there. I remember there was the one scene where um, they'd gone to the pediatrician with their baby and then the scene should have been over. But then one of the characters just said, we'll see you next week for your, for your vaccine appointment. You know, so it's like these little things. So I'd love for you to talk about even just Hollywood, like the role Hollywood plays and, and where it comes from and uh, what its lineage is. Because uh, I know you've spoken about that uh, often over the years. Well, this ability and that it might come off a little odd when I said talking about the TV programming people and hacking the behavior. Then I mentioned it was thousands of years in the research in the making. This ancient art form of controlling people goes back to an ancient area of the world. It's it's now called Azerbaijan, but if people you can look this up it'll be on your first google search it was actually a, a country called media this is where we get the name media from yeah. now inside media were a group of people called the Medes, and they had very uh high there's a high priced uh product that they used to sell to the royalty around the mediterranean and that product was come over to our kingdom pay bring lots of gold or whatever they're looking for and i will teach you how to manipulate people through repetitive content and other subtleties as well in hypnotism they will tell you a hypnotist will tell you it's it's best when 
that's why a hypnotist will never hypnotize you standing up or it's very rare. They'll only hypnotize you standing up if they're taller than you. Most hypnotist shows you'll notice they're all in seats and it's proven when the human skull goes up, you're very, you're very close to changing brainwave state from beta to alpha. Also bright lights. I have a lot of videos of people getting hypnotized, going into trance, going into alpha brainwave state. And I have this one lady uh, that I use, use for some of my presentations. She's up there laughing at everybody else who's sitting down and they're actually under some deep hypnosis. And she's saying, I can't be hypnotized. And she is not under at that time, but the hypnotist is a master and he keeps coming back and he just says, just look up a little bit. She goes up. Now she, oh, now she's in trouble. Her eyes roll up a little bit, changing, going into alpha brainwave state and light also. A bright flash of light or looking into a light. And then she, she's actually, you know, within 10 seconds saying she can't be hypnotized. And then he's guiding her down to lean on the next person in the chair line. She's completely out and she's in trance. She's in deep, deep hypnosis, ready to take her suggestion. So th this is why all the government sort of uh, announcements in the past used every town the the Medes would say every you have to have a town square and it has to be elevated and it's best you do it when the light's behind you when the sun's coming up or when the sun's going down you can have a festival you can have a ceremony you can have a harvest time use repetition you get them in trance and this is what they used to teach them because it's a lot easier to put suggestions or program the subconscious mind when they're in a relaxed state and this is why in when they're looking up so that's why they used to have all the public on the ground floor and then someone's on the podium things yeah. along this line this is what the Medes used to teach people they were the originators of the ancient art of hypnotism and this became sorcery or magi, you know, people who could conduct this kind of magic and put people under the spell. And it was for thousands of years. And then it got into the Shakespearean plays again on the stage, big bright lights, you're looking into the light, and then they just use the repetitive content. And even in the medieval times, they would talk about Merlin the magician, and all the magicians were experts at this hypnotism or changing a brainwave function and putting in repetitive content. And Merlin, the magician, was famous for this sort of ability to change people's behavior. It's almost like Obi-Wan Kenobi. These aren't the droids you're looking for. And basically, Merlin, the magician, would have a all the magicians of the time would have a magic wand because they would move it side to side. Now that can put you into trance as well. And they would want the wood for a magician would be wood of the holly tree. And that's where we get the name Hollywood from today. It's ancient black magic sorcery that's used in a negative way. This sort of hypnotism or programming of the subconscious mind through light and movement and repetitive content, if you, you can just as well put in repetitive content that's positive as opposed to negative. But the people who rule us, they derive their power by destroying ours. <clears throat> and they don't like competition at the top. They'd rather us wallow in our own filth as they go by in their, in their limousines. They roll down the window and they can program us 
to be like Pigpen from Charlie Brown with this constant cloud of dirt always around us of our own making because they litter the screen with coffee, with alcohol, with hedonism, with childlike behavior for males. And that goes in and has the same effect as the, you know, the Angelina Jolie and Nicolas Cage movie Gone in 60 Seconds. People go outside the theater believing their their behavior is organic and coming from their rational analysis of their life of their life situations, but it's not. The majority of behavior is being implanted into them, and it's always negative. I mean, the Will Ferrell movies, the Adam Sandler movies, those are there to give repetitive content so that men always act like the per perpetual infant throw in the alcohol, which does very negative things to the testosterone level in the brain. You throw in coffee that does the same. Coffee is the most repetitive content in all film, hands down. You'll see a coffee mug, a coffee cup, a coffee shop, or a coffee machine on a back counter within the first 15 minutes of every movie. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what's Oh, you go ahead, man. I was just going to say um, media was actually the Greek goddess of illusion as well. I just wanted to throw that in there for the those that may not know. That comes as no shock to me whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and oddly enough, the two phonet phonetic words in media is me die. So there, there's something to be said. Uh, and A is uh, representative of the phallus, right? So there, there's as the last as the last letter on the end of media there, there's something to be said about you know this this dark system that has been built around us and we can see how it's used it's almost like we built and cheerleaded our own prison as it was being built around us mm -hmm. yeah. um i want to go deeper into this yeah. but i also I also want to rewind and go and kind of get into your story a little bit in terms of how did you get to this place where, you know, you're not being influenced by all the media that's coming in right now and you're speaking out about it. Like what were some of your major rites of passage in your life? And I know you've, you've written articles and you've spoken about this, but like, how did you get from, you know, being born where you were born and in Canada and, and being a leader on the front lines, you know, speaking truth to power around how we're being manipulated and impacted in all these ways, you know? And you don't have to obviously tell your whole life story, but like, we'd love to just know a little bit more. Well, I, I it was very simple. I was, uh, I hit a rock bottom and then I dragged myself along that rock bottom level for a very long time. And then after that, I got so sick of being in pain, I decided to do something about it. And I got helped along the way by a Czech professional, one of Paul Czech's uh, level four practitioners started to coach me knowing I was, I was infected with everything that I'm talking about with the negative repetitive content. And I was programmed with these mind viruses of self-loathing and self-sadism, self-abuse and self-hatred. I was the poster child, lots of drugs and steroids and people I should not be hanging around with, not sleeping right, not eating right. And I just thought, oh, if I, you know, if my heart explodes, I'll just get a mechanical one, like the bionic man, Steve Austin. I'm giving my age away there. And 
I just thought, oh, medicine will fix me up. Whatever breaks, I'll just get a new colon, a new intestine, a new heart, a new stomach. And, you know, it was all about this nonstop hedonism. Like uh, uh, Mark Paseo says, me, me, me all day, every day. And it was such a painful way to live. And I figured out later that I was actually a fully initiate, initiated member to a very ancient satanic cult where I hated the life in myself. I hated everything else that was alive. I hated the prosperity and evolution that I was capable of. And I continually destroyed the soul that I was given by the creator. I destroyed the light that was supposed to be emanating or radiating out of me. I was just dark and evil and literally a Satanist. And I got so sick of living like that and not really being aware of what the real problem was. I started to heal myself through food and food is just bundles of light. The food just grows in the sun. And then as I started to consume light through food that was capturing it for its entire life, the light started flooding back into my darkness. And then I really started to gallop forward into the person that I am today where I try to educate people on mind control, brainwashing, and behavior modifications. So it's sort of the only way to protect yourself from it. Because if you know how the magician does the magic show, the magic show fails to impress. So that, that's really uh, my passion. I, don't, I hope I'm not too late. I hope I'm here at the right time in our history to, to make the difference. I mean, I, I speak to probably about 100,000 or 150,000 people a week through my social media platforms. And it's just about always trying to teach people how this works is that's the, the big secret is that the people doing this don't have any power. They might, you know, they might be in charge, but they don't have the power. We do. The people have the power. So they have a weakness. They have to trick us to do to ourselves what they could never do by force. So if we can stop hurting ourselves because we're, we're getting brainwashed through the Hollywood movie magic, this all ends like in 24 hours. It's over if we start, stop giving our energy to it and stop acting out their orders that are coming through TV commercials, movies, and you know newspaper media and radio media as well. It's like yeah. that quote, that quote uh, I don't know where I heard it from. It might've been Michael Tazarian. I'm not sure if it's his quote or someone else's, but it's like the greatest evil that occurs in this world is the is the evil that we do to ourselves you know like every day with the thoughts we think with what we're putting into our bodies you know how we're treating our bodies etc and so like we talk about so often on this show uh the work that needs to be done uh is coming back home eating good food uh healing your trauma and uh stepping into who you're supposed to be and being on that heroic path and embarking on the hero's journey it's not yeah. being a pseudo self going around holding up signs all day yeah and well this sorry yeah, go Jason. ahead joel no go i was ahead, gonna joel. say um in ayn rand wrote in her masterpiece the virtue of selfishness it's not men's immorality that is responsible for the collapse now threatening to destroy the civilized world but the kind of moralities that men have been asked to practice right and this mm -hmm. just speaks perfectly to the the pseudo moralities that have have filled in in in, in, in replace of the organic you know and, and this sort of the bad behavior, if we were eating bad or when I was addicted to drugs, 
you know, I had to reprogram myself. If someone's out there, the thing about this part of the brain, if you're watching these movies, you're going to get a lot of negative repetition regarding how you treat yourself. And don't forget this part of the brain, you can't strong arm it. You can't, that has nothing to do with free will. This part of the brain laughs at free will because it controls 94 to 97% of your behavior. And if, if you don't control the repetitive images that program your behavior, there's only one other option. You're going to let the TV and the movie screen and the print media and the radio control the repetitive behavior, which in turn controls your, you know, the repetitive images that controls your behavior. So I want people to understand that if you live in sort of a negative environment, you can't strong arm your way out of it. You have to literally become a hypnotist to yourself. You have to plaster your surroundings with positive imagery, because this part of the brain as well can look out the periphery. It's being shown it can download things in the periphery. It doesn't have to be right in the center field of view. So if you sort of coat your own internal workshop or your office with positive images and phrases, Plus, you don't water down your, your positive impacts, your repetitive imprints with negative TV shows and movies. That's the only way proven to get your subconscious to give the okay or the green light to be a better human being. Mm. Yeah. And like speaking of toxic masculinity, I mean, most of us grew up with Homer Simpson, right? Peter Griffin, Family Guy, Malcolm in the Middle, the dad, they're like all the primary male figures were basically redundant alcoholics that could not be in service to their family whatsoever. Um, Big winners. Yeah. And I mean, is it is it that they they brainwash us to accept these kind of this kind of hedonistic lifestyle? Then we partake in it, which is actually in action against our spirit. And then we actually hate ourselves as a result, right? We can't stand being within ourselves. So we become a disembodied because we don't want to be in our vessel. And is it at, is possibly at that point that we're most easiest to control when we're just looking for a way to escape from everything that we've created for ourselves? You should be teaching a course. <laughs> That's exactly what's going on. Because yeah, when you are tricked into say poisoning yourself, your soul can't even stand to be inside your body. So it's a great way. And then the subconscious is picking up the repetitive pattern that you don't like yourself. You're not courageous enough to defend yourself. You have to take a knee to evil. Your subconscious mind can loves anything that's repetitive and you're always self-loathing and you carry a lot of, I mean, even when you wear a mask, the lowest vibration ever measured in the human body is guilt and shame. So you can see this weaponized buffet treats for the ruling 1% because they love to do nothing more than always trying to have us carry the shame and the guilt. You're born a sinner is one of their favorite ones. And as soon as someone is burdened with guilt and shame, it's such a low vibration you become unable to even believe you could make it as an independent, sovereign human being. Yeah. You will always, you think you're lesser 
than everybody. And you're always crawling around sort of metaphorically on your knees and your hands, begging the tribe to take you in because you don't believe you can survive out in the wild on your own. That's the power of guilt and shame. So when you have the mask on, they realize it's a ritual of guilt and shame because you're wearing it because you're ashamed of your own breath. You think your breath is going to kill someone's grandmother. That's a lot of guilt and shame. And in a lot of uh, black magic ceremonies or even initiation rituals into secret societies, there's the masking, then the fear-based event, and then you will become unmasked at the end of the ceremony where everybody congratulates you. And the positive reinforcement plus the unmasking is always called the rebirth, which has a huge uh, positive reinforcement effect on the subconscious. So the person will you know, literally defend the cult with, with their life. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of like the loss of self now manifested physically, right? People are literally walking around anonymously, right? They've got these masks, they've got the big glasses and it's just like, okay, I'm, I accept that. You mean, I, I feel like a nobody inside. I might as well be a nobody outside. Yeah. You can't really recognize them. They become one with the herd. It's like the army, why they shave the head. Everybody's the same, wears the same uniform. Mm -hmm. Even the word uniform means uni means one and form just means form one form for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hope that makes some sense. Oh, it definitely makes some sense. But there's those moments where you just got to take it in, enjoy the silence for a second, because and you're always <laughs> dropping the truth bombs. You've been doing it for years. You're one of the most prolific, uh, I would say, researchers and speakers of truth. I don't even know how many thousands of thousands of articles you have on your website. Um, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's it's pretty incredible. Uh, the 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 work you're doing and and what you've taken on in your lifetime. I just oh, hope, yeah, go ahead, oh. Joe. No, no, you go for it. I just think it's important people understand how they're manipulated. Their TV is not what they think it is. It's a military weapon. It was designed as a military weapon. This is a very long drawn out plan. It's not like someone invented the TV a happenstance in the garage, like, like we're told and said, oh, this would be a great way to entertain the families. No, it was a boardroom and they said, we got to control the repetitive content, but we don't like we don't have enough town squares and no one's really coming out to the town squares. All the playhouses are closing. What's our next go to? And someone says, well, let's put the town square on the wall. Someone said, OK, how's that going to look? Well, we're going to use the electricity. We'll we'll make the shows. We'll put them on, uh, you know, on the screen and we'll, we'll put the town hall, the town square right on their wall. And so people think it's a an entertainment device it's an entrainment device it's not there to inform it's there to misinform it's the greatest military weapon ever designed because people don't see it coming it's called tv programming for a reason right absolutely was that uh, was bernays behind this did he have his hands in there i don't think bernays had his hands in there but um, no bernays's uh, technology which is just i mean this isn't complex stuff I and mean, edward bernays is not a magician mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Repetitive content takes care of 90% of all human mind control. You know, you talk to anybody today, you see the phrases, uh, the, the, the injectable medicine is safe and effective. The injectable medicine doesn't cause autism. And I asked stay a lady home, today- save lives. Yeah, stay home, stay home save, lives, save lives. lives, you know, and, and that sort of um, shallow based, uh, utterance is also proven to 
be very good at building a cult because anybody can be a member. It's not hard to wear a mask. It's not hard to utter, uh, stay home and save lives. So under psychological manipulation, you do want repetitive phrases and you want rituals that the average person can accomplish in order that they feel like a hero. You need average people to feel like a hero. And then that really brings them into the iron grip of the tyrant without them really being consciously aware of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, Benet's obviously was a, a pioneer of, I guess, propaganda. But post-World War One, you I mean, that was considered a bad word, right? It was the Nazi word. So they just relabeled it public relations. And here we are. Mm, that sounds so nice. Relations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they can, they can make people do anything. I mean, kamikaze mind control. You can make people kill themselves, just like a kamikaze pilot in World War II Japan. You just... You're just going to get, you just know there's a kid in Tokyo going to be walking by the town square when they're doing the bonsai ceremonies, putting on the bandana with the rising sun, right? And the kid will go by many, many times in the afternoon when he's walking to the grocery store with his mother. And then he sees the positive reinforcement of the tribe, the positive reinforcement of the authority figures and the subconscious, which is easily tricked because it's kind of got a low IQ, says, hey, look over there. You could be accepted. All you have to do is that. And then it steers the conscious mind over. But what it's being asked to do is kill itself. So you can trick the subconscious mind. Yeah, you're going to be accepted by the herd, but you're also going to be dead. And that's how easy it is to hack this illogical part of the brain. Anybody going out today and sort of lining up six feet apart at the, at the new medicine clinic and demanding they be part of a, a human experiment is under kamikaze mind control. There's no rational or logical reason why they should be doing it other than the fact that other people are doing it, but no one did it till the media gave the, gave the impression that the group was doing it. And that's proven that it could just, it starts with one guy in a studio and then it's proven when you watch the TV, it can give the impression that everybody's already doing it, but it's just one person in a studio saying it. And then everybody starts getting nervous because they, they know it's safer to be in the bigger group. So as soon as they say, hey, 55% of the population is already going to the new clinic, you already hack the subconscious. Its primary program is to be a member of the majority. It could only be 10%. But if you say 55, the subconscious bites into it and says, that, that's where we got to go. That's what we got to do. Yeah. There's this... I was going to throw in there quickly. Sorry, Erasmus. For mm -hmm. example, like we've got these freedom rallies in Sydney and I went to one in July and there's like 50 to 100,000 people there. Then you go home and the news is telling you there's three and a half thousand people there. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like just downplaying that there's any kind of majority that is against what's going on. It's all psychological manipulation, the numbers. That's why, you know, in the UK, they had half a million and they said it was 5,000 yahoos. Um, and th th they, it's someone, uh, even in SAGE, which is the um, UK government's task force that advises the UK government on all matters of the, of the crisis, it's 85 are psychologists and not just psychologists, behavioralists. These are the Tavistock trained behavior modification experts that literally 
write the scripts and tell them exactly what to say, when exactly to say it, what colors to wear, absolutely everything that uses this weaponized behavior modification to brainwash the public to do to themselves what that small group could never do by force. Yeah, and you, you see it on, on um, online where there's uh, videos and clips of like health ministers behind the scenes that they didn't realize the cameras were on and they're like, well, I don't know, I just, I just read whatever they tell me. It's like, so like the public are seeing these people that are wearing suits and ties or whatever, calling themselves health ministers when they look anything but healthy. And then they're believing what's coming out of their mouths when they're not even the ones coming up with it. They're literally just drone bots repeating it to the people that are sitting in front of the, the large screen or the small screen on their phone. So uh, I know this is a quote that a lot of people are familiar of with Bernays, but since repetition has an impact on one's subconscious, let's repeat something that hopefully will get into people's heads. Uh, from Bernays, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed, our minds are molded, our tastes formed, our ideas suggested, largely by men we have never heard of. And it goes on and on. But I mean, if that doesn't just lay it out for people, then I don't know what does. Most people think they can't be put under mind control and, and most of their life, everything from getting a job to when they got married to drinking wine on a Friday night, basically none of it has any rational or logical foundation. I mean, to get married at a particular age instead of marrying the person you really love or sizing up a, a mate based on their ability to protect you or support you. You can see most people's behavior lacks any rational or logical foundation. I mean, to actually work a job you don't like, which is very common and people do it because it's repetitive, and then go home on a Friday night to order poison from a, from a takeaway or, or, or a takeout restaurant here in North America. And you're gonna call that food not fit for a maggot to consume a treat or a reward. And then you're gonna throw some alcohol poison into your, you know, into your mouth at the same time. There's, there's no cauliflower poisoning, but there is alcohol poisoning. People, people do this and to them it's completely normal because that's what mind control is. If you go to a hypnotist show, you don't see people drooling and they look like they're in trance. They don't have their hands out in front of them like a zombie. They are as lucid as I am talking right now, but they're clucking like a chicken. They're dragging their ass across the floor, which I saw my friend do at a hypnotist show. They implanted a program right into his subconscious mind when he was in trance. They said, when you hear Johnny Cash's burning ring of fire, you're going to scoot across the floor and drag your ass across the floor like your ass is on fire. That's the program. You can put it in and it lays dormant to what's called the trigger. So 15 minutes after he was brought back out of trance, his musician, you know, his guy, the, the guy with the recording equipment, he cued Burning Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. And my friend was, his, his ass was literally on fire. And he was back and forth on a stage in Las Vegas in front of 5,000 people. I've never laughed so hard in my life. And when he came down from the stage, 
he was having sex with furniture. Mm -hmm. He was phoning his wife in Calgary and telling her things that I cannot divulge here on. I don't care what P if this is rated R. I still could not divulge it. And when he came down, I said, you were up there. You had a chair bent over. You were in your underwear. You were having sex with inanimate objects. What, do you remember anything? He goes, what's weird? I'll tell you. I remember everything, but I couldn't stop myself. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that and that's hypnosis in a nutshell. You you know it doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make any sense to work a job you don't like, decorate an empty life, as Michael Tessarian would say, and poison yourself and then do it all again. That like if you're if you don't like your job, you should be taking that small, you know, tidbit of time that you have on the weekend and doing something with yourself so that maybe you can get into a line of business self-employment where you can satisfy your soul. So why do you completely burn your weekends and incinerate your time into nothingness? It's because you're under mind control and you don't know it. And coffee sure uh, helps someone continue to do things over and over again that they don't really want to be doing, but it allows them to keep doing it. That's what I've found. It's absolutely, if you study caffeine and even Adderall, they have the same description. They, they're described as they make humans do boring tasks longer. And then mm -hmm. they have a very particular, caffeine has a very particular effect on brain function. It deactivates the frontal lobe, which is the CEO of the brain. It's supposed to check our behavior against long-term consequences. So when you have caffeine, your frontal lobe is off. And then it activates the limbic system, which what they call the reptilian brain or the hindbrain. And that part of the brain has no ability to judge long-term consequences. It's low IQ and it's always, because it's low IQ and childlike, it doesn't believe it can survive in the world as an independent personal sovereign being. So it's very clingy to the tribal requests to do what everybody's doing simply because they're doing it. So people are caffeinated. You're, you're already got one foot inside the car of the follower, order taker, drone bot, hypno program, TV watcher. You already got one full foot in the car. You know, ca caffeine is such an interesting thing. And it's actually the one thing that drew me to you because I haven't had caffeine in almost nine years. And I didn't feel like a lot of people were speaking about it on the internet. And then it was something that you've talked, you've spoken about uh, very often. And I find it interesting too, because in the, in like the holistic influencer, you know, health communities, there's like, it's like split. There are people that are all about drinking caffeine and I just, I just don't see it. I mean, anytime when I think back in my past, whenever I would have coffee, it fucking like jacked me up. I did not feel like health. So I can only speak for myself. Other people might have their own experiences, but the fact that it's in every single TV show, um, newscasters always have it in front of them, every movie, it kind of keeps you doing things that you don't really want to do. I just, I'm just suspect of it personally. Absolutely guaranteed. I mean, that's the ice. That's how, you know, if you want to know if something's really bad, if you have any suspicions, go watch any movie or TV show, watch two or three. And if you see the repetition, I mean, in Fight Club, you can look this up on YouTube. There was a Starbucks coffee cup and every scene of Fight Club purposely put there. And when they started doing that, I, I think there might have been a thousand Starbucks. Now there's 36,000 Starbucks. People are drinking it 
based, I mean, it's straight, caffeine is an alkaloid poison used by the coffee plant to kill competing foliage and other bugs. Um, but the whole point is another thing that you should look at with uh, Starbucks or coffee in general is it was going to go bankrupt when it only had about 13 franchises. I think it was about 13, 1987, going to go bankrupt. But here comes who? Who comes to rescue it? Bill Gates mm -hmm. and William Gates Sr. Now, why would they want to caffeinate the world? Well, if you go back to the, the, the Medes and the, the people that were gaining their knowledge, they for sure taught that it's easier to put someone into hypnotic trance alpha brainwave state if they're chemically infused. And if you go to the CIA's textbook for mind control, caffeine's right in the list of if you can caffeinate someone, you can put them under mind control trance and hypno programming so much easier than if they're clean. That was you know, a brand new one for me. I didn't, I didn't know Bill Gates was invested in Starbucks. Mm. It's crazy. But I mean, at the same time, look at, you I mean, friends, right? We had a whole freaking series um, shot in a coffee shop, which was people's ideal of what a friendship should be like, you know what I mean, growing up in the 90s. Yeah, Pretty the true. central perk, right? The central yeah. perk. Yeah. There was even, uh, was it Game of Thrones where there was this, I say controversy, but in one of the scenes, there was just a Starbucks coffee cup that somehow wasn't taken out. And so you're looking at a show that's supposed to take place who knows when, and then there's a Starbucks cup in there, which like, please, you're telling me someone on set, someone that didn't work there, didn't have their eye on it. Like, come on. Yeah, absolutely. They're on purpose. Everything, like they said, the world's a stage and everybody but actors. This is absolutely would have been put there on purpose. And then the publicity, they would have pretend fired the assistant that that would have got blown I mean, imagine the free advertising right it's supposed to be the medieval times there's a starbucks coffee cup in there mm. and like i said it doesn't matter what show you watch i even analyzed there's a really raunchy show in north america called mom just m-o-m -M. it's with this uh, lady with blonde hair, single mom, of course, this is the repetitive message. They don't want the alpha male energy near the women because uh, this is going to really backfire for the women because they, they always are getting conditioned by movies like Bad Moms and Dirty Grandpa for the guys that they can stand alone, which is exactly what evil wants, right? But in this one, if you could look up the trailer of Mom, there's actually, I counted, I believe, 39 coffee imprints in the one-minute trailer alone. Wow. 39, 39, all of them, big coffee mugs, coffee cups, coffee machine, and a, co a coffee shop. Yeah. It, it's funny now. Well, it's not funny, but it's interesting. Once you become awake to this, I can't, it's hard for me to not watch things now and like, I'm like sitting there with my wife, Sophie, and I'm always just speaking in the middle of things and pointing out, like, there's the coffee cup, there's the programming, there's, it's just real interesting. And of course, I'm sure on some level, I'm still being subconsciously impacted, but there are things that I'm just becoming more and more aware of that I, 10, 15 years ago, when I would watch something or 20 years ago, I, I had no, I had no clue at all. I'll, I'll give you another one. You'll, you'll, you'll getting programmed before your show even starts. Cause if you go to Netflix, there's when it's loading, there's a circle spinning mm -hmm. and nothing puts a person into trance other than a half circle or a full circle spinning. That's why they used to have the watch and say, focus on the watch 
So I was down before uh, coming up. I was watching a movie with my wife. And of course, I watched them much differently than the average person. So you see the spinning uh, wheel before your movie even uploads. It was a Disney movie. And then over the castle, you have the, the shooting star that's a half shooting star. And even the Paramount, don't forget the Paramount stars that are along the, the waterbed. And then they half circle around the top of the mountain, the half circle and the spinning circle. Are, you can put someone into trance just by doing that. Well, every, that every loading screen is a circle spinning. Every loading screen we ever see. Exactly. And the countdowns in sports, nine. And 10, mm. 9, 8, those, a, a professional hypnotist, even a hypnotherapist will count you down from 10 to 1, even if they're walking you down, you're walking on step 10, you're walking on step 9, there's always the countdowns, the top 100, the top 50, the top 10, here we go, and you'll even notice with the sports you know, it's three, two, one, and all the spinning balls, everything's spinning, there's Saturn rings spinning. It puts people into deep, deep hypnosis. And there was four companies that produced the movie I was just watching, and they always have their own five-second symbolic clip yeah. to say, like, we were a part of this. They're all big flashes of light. Notice that next time. Big flashes of light put you into trance. And uh, what a coincidence that Netflix's co-founder was um, Edward Bernays' great-grand-nephew, great I believe, Mark Randolph. Okay. Right, because they're trying to put you in the net with the flicks, right? The flicker rate. Yeah. And I mean, well, because Bernays' uncle was Sigmund Freud, right? And he basically yep. took Freud's ideologies, which were actually initially despised by the elites, I believe, and showed them how they can actually use this as a form of control. Yeah, Freud just wanted to be known as a deep intellectual, a deep thinker. That's where he was getting his positive reinforcement. But as they were sitting around the dinner table, you know, someone like Bernays was thinking, hey, could, could, we, could we use this, uh, you know, these latent dormant programs of safety and security? Could we hack them to make people think war is safe? or injecting poison is safe and Freud's be like with his pipe absolutely yeah. but then he never would have thought Bernays would do it but of course they've been doing it for thousands of years he was just you know the front man at that time yeah the the century of the self is one of like one of those docu-series that I that I use to recommend to people as like an entry point for a lot of this stuff because you know, it was done by the BBC. It doesn't go too deep down any rabbit holes. And I think it can help shine a light on, on, uh, on how things are operating for people. Guaranteed. Um, so why is it that it appears as though some of us growing up have been more immune to this brainwashing and mind control than others in, in your view? I think sometimes... It has to do with pain. I got out of my, it's called a program breakdown. So if you go into mind control or MK ultra, they always talk about the one, you know, the one student that had to program a breakdown, which means they somehow got outside their conditioning and then they became very problematic. So for me, it was pain. 
I experienced so much pain, even though the program was driving me to do more cocaine and drink more and try to be everybody's friend and be that funny guy at the bar that buys everybody a shot and tries to buy my way through. I couldn't keep going with the program because it was causing so much pain. And that might also explain our what's called our pain killing society. We're completely flooded with numbing and tranquilizing and sedative agents and the government never lets us fall on our face which means we never experience that rite of passage where the pain it's called the pain teacher allows us i mean just like a lobster the, when a lobster feels the pain that it's growing too big for its shell it knows that a metamorphosis is coming and then it backs into a rock and the and the shell explodes because it's in so much pain and then it evolves into a, a more you know more capable functional organism as humans we're supposed to endure pain and it's supposed to have a part in our metamorphosis a rite of passage from child to adult but today you see the permanent childhood or what i call proteins or professional lifelong teenagers and we're missing our painful rites of passage because we're high on caffeine nothing's ever really tough i mean if you're out on the streets and you've got a crack pipe in your mouth you're really not going to experience the full weight or the full pain of the street experience. So, and it's been proven that our, the people who are ruling us bring the cocaine in, bring the heroin in, bring the opioids in. It's a pain killing society. No one wants to be in pain and they think disease is something that has to be fought when disease is never there to make us sick. It's there to make us better. Because the pain of being sick is what's the, one of the only things that could ever force us to change. So the more you have a society that's completely sedated and tranquilized and numb to their, their own moronic reality that they're building for themselves, uh, of course, you're going to have less people breaking out of their programming because you need the pain to evolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the malignant culture has created the society which is perfect for us to bypass these rites of passages which will will ultimately i was going to propel us into some kind of you know, i mean personal evolution but yeah as, as you said we're able just to skate completely over that and never really feel the undercurrents of what this experience is which actually is the kindling to go you know yeah pain yeah, definitely absolutely. i i can attest in my life has been one of the greatest motivations for change that's for sure is allowing myself to feel it by not getting high, by not drinking, by not having the caffeine, the caffeine. Uh, it's been huge. And Jason, actually, uh, one of my favorite articles of yours, and uh, we'll put it in our show notes, is your article, uh, Real Adults versus Adults Who Act Like Children. I think it's one of, I mean, you've had so many great pieces of, uh, of, of work that you've done, but I think that's one of your best articles that just lays it down. And it, it's actually a great thing to read through to gauge where you're at. Like, oh, okay, well, I'm good there. I'm good there. I'm good there. I'm good there. Mm, I need a little work there. I'm good there. I'm good there. You know, and I just think it's a really great, great piece. So thanks for adding that into the uh, the mix of things. Yeah, I think if you put it up, people will get like, a pretty big benefit from it. it it's fun. It's funny to read. And, you know, it's it, it's a good grading device. No, no harm, no foul if you're not on, you know, not aligned perfectly with it, but it'll help gauge and, and there's nothing wrong with anybody if they find themselves on the opposite side of the fence. Just know that we are always supposed to have these rites of passages, these painful times. 
everything from helicopter parents to them not failing anybody in school. These are these are all purposeful, socially engineered, you know, occurrences in our society where, yeah, you're not going to let them fail. Well, how are they going to mature? How are they going to find their way? How are they going to get strong if they don't fall down on their face? Well, all this is socially engineered. We have a society where no one wants to get into any pain, but pain is what makes us better. So today we're really getting attacked because, you know, everybody's got a license of adult age. They can prove on their driver's license that they're above 18 years of age, but they're, they're acting, thinking, and behaving like children. And the evil people that have socially engineered this, that's exactly what, that's, this wasn't a happenstance or coincidence or something that just happened on its own. This is being pre-planned for hundreds of years, hundreds of years. Yep. I reckon that's a perfect place to wrap up part one of this episode with Jason Christoph. I'm so excited to continue this conversation on the other side to our public audience. We're going to let you go here to our members. Stay tuned and we're going to dive much deeper into how this plays out and what it means for the time now. Thank you. All right, so our members, welcome back to Here for the Truth. We've got the, we've got the cool people listening now, the ones that actually value us. <laughs> um no it's awesome uh grateful for everyone that's uh that's been supporting us through this as we you know continue to bring great content and amazing people and uh jason you're you're a g man you're awesome yeah man so much respect i want to i want to start because i want to get into this now that we're on the other side you know big tech and all that you talk about the war on children you know that they're always after the children and i'd love for you to i'd love for you to talk about that well, that, that one's, it's not that complex, this group, they have some, they, they observe, they got all their rules in their rule book from observing nature. And they noticed, let's say, I'm going to tell you, if you look up a book called The Devil Takes the Youngest by Winky Pratney. It's a book about in Carthage, there was a cult, the cult of Molesh. They used to sacrifice kids. So they there'd be a big sort of <clears throat> steel effigy of an ox. And it had, like it was a real ox, either kind of sitting, it's almost sitting up with its hands out or the regular effigy of the natural ox. And it had a trap door on the side. And it was made of metal. So the hands were made of metal or, or the whole body was made of metal. And they just heat up the metal with uh, fire and burn the children. Now, they really believe that that helped cleanse the tribe because they sort of had a a natural observation that if there was no old people and no kids in the village, things were just easier. And they thought that this sort of getting rid of people that can't take care of themselves and sort of getting rid of the kids that suck their energy away that it gave them this sort of natural boost that they could spend time pleasuring themselves. And they believe that was as part, as part of nature as, as anything else. So they do have these natural observations that they think uh, reflect the rules of this realm. And they believe the person who's in charge of this realm or the deity is Satan. And that if Satan didn't want it to be like that, he would forbid it. 
and they look these sort of satanic cults like the cult of Molesh, they look at people who preach morality and ethics and talk of Jesus and God, they, they refer to Jesus and God as the great restrictor. The, uh, th they look at any sort of activity on the earth as completely wide open and okayed by their deity. And then if you start questioning it, they don't like it because it, it, it adds resistance energy to their activity. So this is sort of the, their, their, not the foundation of their belief system, but one of their foundations is they, they observe nature, they see the lion attack the zebra, and they say, this is a rule. The strongest eats the weakest. And we're going to go with that because that's what we see in nature. That's what we're going to follow. And if somehow someone says, ah, I don't think the, the lion should eat the zebra, they think that's wrong. And they sort of push that over into people who want to be moral and ethical and check their behavior against the benefit of the collective. They don't have really a benefit to the collective. They usually have a self-centered, uh, personal pleasure view of what's here in this realm. And they're always sort of after the children because they're defenseless. They're, they're like the zebra and they can take their life force and keep it for themselves or they can derive pleasure through the pedophilia with the children. And they think that if that was somehow not right, that it would be forbidden, but somehow in the natural code. This, they're a bit of an odd group if you study them, but if you want to find this group, they're always after the children. They're the, they're the lion and the children is the zebra. And they really like to take advantage of the defenseless, the innocent, and the only cosmic force in the universe that's charged with defending and protecting the defenseless and the innocent is the male cosmic charge. And you can see how they've been diminishing that charge to make the very powerful alpha lion more like an obedient lapdog, which gives the them free run of the pride land. It's like the hyenas taking advantage or running, you know, running amok in the pride land. You can see how they love to take advantage of people that are defenseless and weak and disabled. But if you also remove the male force, the protective male force, it's like a wolf entering a hen house. It's a complete blood, uh, bloodbath. Well, it's so interesting that um, here in Sydney, they just conducted what I would call a ritual of um, force. Well, not my force, but they held in a stadium 24,000 children to be vaccinated. And there was a point in the press conference where the health minister um, Brad Hazard said, and there's no parents allowed. So literally they took 24,000 children to um, one of the stadiums that was actually built for the Olympics when they were held in Sydney in 2000. And they vaccinated 24,000 of these kids. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I did see that. And there was large screens, of course, as well throughout the stadium, which tilted the heads, the, the, you know, the skull and, you know, and the spinal cord up, which per puts the child in the perfect alpha brainwave state, where you can definitely easily, more easily hypno program that child with the repetitive content on the screen. 
And from children coming out, there was a lot of repetitive messaging from government uh, authority figures that this is good, you're going for the gold, all the positive reinforcement plus the authority-based reinforcement, which really drives the mind control home. And they're, they're getting mind controlled to give up control of their bodies. And the parents are also being mind controlled to let the government consume their children. It's sort of the same cult ritual as they used to do with the cult of Molesh with the, uh, with the Moloch bull. I'm really interested in your perspective of everything that played out in regards to the whole Trump and Q fiasco and the human trafficking, because obviously that was a big messaging point. And obviously a lot of people bought into that, whether that is what it perturbs to be or not. I'm just interested in your perspective on if that was part of the game, how does that, how does that work for them? And if not. Well, everybody sort of was hoping Trump would be, um, leading people to the promised land. They call it savior programming. Yeah. Savior programming is very common throughout history where you, you develop a persona that's opposite of a group that's recently being hated. And you portray that person is gonna come in on a white horse swinging a very large sword and taking care of, taking care of everything on their own. Now, savior programming has one objective you keep the human sitting in their couch doing nothing. So they don't add their energy. They're energy magicians. We, we have to have that rebellion energy sort of incinerated away into dandelion fluff. And that's what the savior is there to do. Make sure the person who is angry sits on the couch and sort of outsources their energy by proxy to the savior. And then the savior, when they do nothing, it just completely collapses because, and it also teaches the person on the couch never to get up and take the rite of passage, right? They have to feel the full sting of the government sort of attacking them and crushing them, but they're not going to feel that full sting because the savior's there mentally massaging them and put it, putting them on the umbilical cord or putting the proverbial tit in their mouth saying, don't you worry, I got it. <laughs> and they're all on the same payroll. And so Trump is definitely on the same payroll because he's always endorsing the new medicine. Anybody that endorses the new medicine, I mean, this, this new medicine is basically, I mean, can we talk openly on yeah, this? You can say whatever, yeah, you can say whatever yeah. you want. Well, there's a there's a reporting website called VAERS, uh, Vaccine Event uh, Adverse Event Reporting System, in the United States, and for the past 23 years, for 82 vaccines combined, there's been 4,700 Americans that say, you know, said, I think the vaccine killed my loved ones. So over the last 23 years, with 82 vaccines combined. There was 4,700 reports to VAERS where the loved one says it was really close to the vaccine. I can't confirm nor deny it, but it was really close. I think the vaccine had something to do with it. Well, in the nine months since the COVID vaccines have been rolled out, the death figure is near 14,000 for one vaccine. So there's if a political leader is endorsing the death of their own citizens, this is a misleader. Mm -hmm. There should be an instant, you cannot, if you're a leader of a tribe, a real man, and Trump is not a real alpha, 
He's a beta male on many fronts. You do not endorse the death of your own tribe's people, period. You defend the tribe with your own life. And we're very far away from that, where our tribal leaders used to be the ones that would ride into battle at the very front. We have the weakest leaders. I mean, the Canadian leader here couldn't be more feminine, couldn't be more beta, couldn't be, you know, more weak. And people cheer, cheer them on because they've been disempowered as well. They think that, again, the savior is going to come. And this, this isn't just endorsing um, a controversial medicine. This medicine is something that is killing and crippling like nothing that's ever been brought to market before. Yeah. yeah and, and for a really long time, there was a study, I believe 10, 11 years ago, that was done by Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare that came to the conclusion that less than 1% of adverse events are even reported. So let's say that number is increased. So you take 14,000 and say you multiply that by 10, you know, by 30, by 50. I mean, the numbers are, are outrageous. And so when regarding Trump, this is the argument I get in with some people when they want to start rationalizing and justifying like, well, you know, he's playing 5D chess or he has to say that to the people, wherever the case may be. It's like, no, fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Like, why is he promoting this vaccine like i just can't get behind it so yeah anyways you bring good you bring up good points and, and i agree with you on that front for sure so in your view how real actually is covid is it yeah oh covid is covid is as real as calling someone a witch in the 1600s it's just it has no COVID does not exist. And I know some people don't even like to talk about that, but the virus is never being isolated. And people should look into what that means. If you're in the scientific field, you cannot call a conference amongst your peers and declare that a new virus exists unless number one, there's a new novel set of symptoms. Number one, so you can't come to the forefront of a scientific lecture hall and say, I have a new virus that causes the sore joints, stiffness and a sore throat and fever. Because they're gonna say, hold on a second, that's not new. If you're gonna come with a new virus, you have to say, look, I think I got a new virus. I have these people, their front teeth keeps falling out. And someone says, okay, you got my attention. That's a new one. That's taking out only the front teeth. So when you declare that a novel virus means it's new, and this is not new whatsoever, and it's never being isolated, and that's how you have to prove that you have a new, a new virus. You have to literally isolated in its full genetic sequence. And it's important to isolate it in its full genetic sequence because most, there's only four amino acids that make up genetic sequences. And a lot of the pairings are the same as human. Like if you look at a chimpanzee, it has 97% similar pairing genetically to a human being. A banana is 50%, a field mouse is 70. 
So if you're going to come out and say you have a new organism, you have to do the whole length, the whole sequence, especially if you're going to take the sample from lung fluid, because the lung fluid has its own sequence that's going to be very close to the sequence of the new virus. And that's why it's very important for it to be isolated. Is it just your lung tissue dying or is it a virus that's attacking it? And it's it's so in-depth that this, this viral theory of disease causation isn't even correct on its own. Mm -hmm. They've tried to experiment in the past about seven times. And you can go watch this for yourself. In You can go to BitChute. You can go to a channel called Space Busters. And you can look at what's called the religion of virology. And in that, that two-hour documentary, they will show you that the viral theory of disease causation is a theory. It has been tried, which means they've taken sick people because it's a pretty good theory because sometimes people get sick in clusters. Mm -hmm. And they said, I wonder if, you know, Jim's given Sally Jim's disease because they got sick when they were in the same room. So they've tried this seven or eight times throughout history. They've even taken the sputum, which is the, the infection in the lungs. They've taken the mucus from the nose, which is snot. They've taken saliva and they've injected it into healthy people. So they've taken sick people. And I just don't mean a little sick. I mean, really sick. And they've tried this multiple times. They tried breathing. They tried swab to swab, mouth to mouth. They tried kissing. They tried back to back. They tried long conversations, short conversations. They tried injecting saliva. They tried injecting blood into the other person. Never once, not one person ever came sick because they were in contact with a sick person. Sick people don't make healthy people sick. So not only has SARS-CoV-2, the supposed virus that causes COVID-19, never been isolated in its full genetic sequence, never proven to be novel. The theory, the, the viral theory of disease causation has been tried seven or eight times. It's proven completely and utterly false every time to the point where they're never going to try it again. And the reason they're really banging the drum that invisible pathogens make you sick is because the only thing that makes you sick is poison. And there's only one group making you poisoning you which is the same group that keeps poisoning you. So for them, it's very, very important that you think that an invisible pathogen made you sick instead of the visible Doritos, the visible tequila, the visible vaccination, the visible statin drugs, the antidepressants, the microwave food, the Teflon pans, the pesticides on your non-organic food. There, it's very important that you believe that something invisible is attacking you and it also disempowers you and make sure you never change. And we already told you that if you, if you never feel your pain, either mentally or physically, you never go through that rite of passage. So the average person's getting drunk, eating donuts and eating Dorito chips. They get sick and they're like, oh, fucking bug, son of a bitch. I caught it off Frank. He had the sniffles. 
they never take their proper rite of passage from child to adult. They never get empowered to know to know that they're in charge of their entire destiny. There's nothing invisible controlling you other than the mind control of these human farmers or ancient social engineers. So COVID or SARS-CoV, like COVID is the disease, SARS-CoV-2 is the virus. It's never been proven to exist. It's never been proven to be isolated. It's never proven to make anybody sick. It's, it's never, and if you don't have a sequence, a full genetic sequence, what are you testing for? And how did you develop a vaccine when you don't have a virus to battle with the vaccination? Yeah. Um, how do you, uh, and I'm how do you then just state there's all these new variants as well? Uh, I'm on the same page as you around uh, viral uh, contagion. And, you know, our last guest, Dr. Melissa Sell, uh, who's a teacher of Germanic healing knowledge, she just tweeted the other day, uh, virology is pseudoscience. So there's, yeah. And there's something that was leading into with this. So now we have, you mean, certain celebrities and et cetera, messaging out saying, I got COVID, I got COVID, I got COVID. And now it's up to you whether you want to engage in this discussion or not. But yesterday, Joe Rogan, I've got COVID. Okay. You know, Joe Rogan is obviously someone who you mean is out there talking on the alternate side of the truth and sending some kind of messages to on, on, on that effect. Um, so what, 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 what are your thoughts on that? Is everyone that says I got COVID bought and paid for? No, I would, I would say number one, the three main symptoms are sore throat, achy joints and a fever. So yes. it wouldn't be, it's not like your front teeth fell out. Yep. Right? It's not like scurvy mm -hmm. where your gums are bleeding. You say, I got scurvy. And you're like, yeah, you do. Your gums are bleeding. This is serious. So even if he gets a little sore throat, he can say he has COVID. Now, what exacerbates that is the RT-PCR machine. Mm -hmm. So the RT-PCR machine Maybe Joe Rogan got processed. Maybe his sample got processed through the RT-PCR machine. Uh, you know, it's a machine invented by Kerry Mullis. He won in 1993 the Nobel Prize for Science. And that particular machine is an amplification tool, which takes a small bit of viral material and makes it really big, makes it easier to see under a microscope. And people thought this was great. I'll have a couple particles and then I can turn up the amplification. And the amplification actually is a digital interface on the machine. It goes from one to 60. And every time you go up one, it doubles the, the sample size. And when you get up around 40, you're actually in the trillions of am amplified cellular debris that you, that you can look at. And it's been shown, you're not even supposed to use it to diagnose disease, but what they did is they declared a fake emergency, which gave the okay for this process to be used to diagnose disease. Now, this machine is as fraudulent as they come, because if you were to take two samples from Joe Rogan and you put the digital interface at 10, which means 10 CT cycles, which means 10 cycle threshold. If you put it at 10, Rogan would not have failed for COVID. He would have just, it said negative, no COVID. Yeah. But the same sample from Rogan, if you put it at 35 or greater, and in Ontario, they're doing the cycle thresholds with the PCR machine at 38. If you put it at 35, 
the chances that you're going to fail and be confirmed as positive for COVID are very great. If you were to put it to 40, you're definitely going to have COVID. So what kind of test is this? Because that means that the result of the test lays with the laboratory technician, not the patient. That's what it means. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine a pregnancy test where it doesn't matter if the woman's pregnant or not, the guy is operating in a test where if he turns up a dial, it says she's pregnant. And if he, turn, if he turns it down, it says she's not pregnant. Hold on a second. That's not a valid test. And that's why this machine is not licensed on a regular basis to be used as a testing or, or diagnostic protocol. It was used and um, approved as a co-diagnostic protocol, which means if you come into the hospital, always with a raging fever, you're passing out, you have diarrhea, you're white as a ghost, you can apply the RT-PCR and try to look for the debris in an amplification uh, range between, between 10 and 20 cycles. You're never supposed to cycle it up to 38 or 40 cycles because it'll make healthy people look like they're sick. So the only, the only way they can drive asymptomatic as a, as a word into our dictionaries is through the use of the RT-PCR where you could just, like if I tested you right now, Joel, and then I put it at 40 cycles, you're going to have COVID. Yeah. But if I put it down to 10, you don't have COVID, which means your particular health status does not determine the test. And that's not a test. That is a game. And that's a setup. It's like a casino. They can dial up that night if they need some money. They can dial up so that the machines don't pay out. Or if you want to start getting lots of people in the casino, you can dial it down and you can, you can pay out more and get everybody talking that the casino, everybody's getting rich and more people will come. This is a, a game of manipulation. This has nothing to do with the health or the disease status of the patient. And that's what maybe Joe Rogan, if he had a sore throat, he's like, shit, I have COVID. And then if he gets run through an RT-PCR process and they cycle it 35 or higher, it's going to say he's got COVID. So literally he thinks he has COVID when he just has a sore throat because he smokes dope and doesn't take care of himself. And you even had the inventor of this, Dr. Kerry Mullis, like you said, who won the Nobel Prize for this. He's on video saying it should not be used for diagnostic purposes that you can literally find anything and anything if you just run it through enough cycles. And yet this is the tool, this is the technology that has been used to say that we've had this pandemic, when in reality, we've just had a manufactured case-demic based on these faulty testings being done at a high cycle threshold. Yeah, and even in my community, I live in a community that's sort of a, a grouping of three counties, there's 212,000 people that live in the three counties. Out of 212 people since March, we had 126 people die of COVID. That's a 99.9955% survival rate. And even the 126, their diagnosis of COVID was done with an RT-PCR machine with a cycle threshold of 38. It's not supposed, even Anthony Fauci is... Uh, on video saying that 
if you cycle the threshold up to 35, it is a completely inconclusive and invalid diagnosis. And people in this community, even though 99.9955 survival rate, the 126 people were diagnosed as dying from COVID, even though they had other co comorbidities, uh, they were obese, they had cancer, they throw, they throw the swab test up their nose when they're dying. They ram it into the RT-PCR machine. They cycled the 38 and said, oh shit, look, COVID. It's, a, it's an ambush beyond ambushes that people are even falling for this. This is, this is not a pregnancy test. And to get a pregnancy test on the market, your test, like if I came to um, like any kind of science lab and said, I had a new test for pregnancy, I have to have a 99% efficacy rate of the woman peeing on the strip and that woman being pregnant and my test saying she's pregnant. That's the only way to get it licensed. It has to be at least 99%. And if you had a guy pee on the strip and the test comes back positive for pregnancy, I'm sorry, go back to the drawing board. He, he can't be pregnant. He's a guy. And this is what, if you're running these tests and the people that you're saying are positive aren't sick, you're not supposed to be able to use it as a test. You're kind of saying, yeah, it says he's, he's infected with a virus, but it's pretty obvious they're not sick whatsoever. You can't use this test, but they're using it because they want the dial aspect. They want to say in the winter, everything's, they're going to dial it up to 38 or 40. I heard in the, there were some poor areas of Sydney. It was a couple high rises. I heard they were cycling the RT-PCR machine when they were testing the high rises and they were giving people, I think a thousand dollars for a positive case somewhere in Sydney, Australia. They were cycling it up to 45 CT, 35 cycle threshold, 45, sorry, 45. Yeah. Well, the okay, crazy thing also, and Joel, you can comment on this more yeah. about Australia, is that your numbers aren't even that high relative oh, to now. places like, oh, they, they are, are now, now, but relative places to like the US, I thought, and they were instituting these lockdowns. The, the messaging it, it, daily now is a thousand to fifteen hundred cases per day in New South Wales. Right. And you should, someone should be trying to get the cycle threshold of those tests. And trying to say, what is the cycle threshold? Because this is what they do to create the panic. If they're up over 35, even at 35, you shouldn't even be doing it. Shouldn't it be used as a test? And this is where the education should be always on the RT-PCR machine. And if you want a great New Zealander that explains this uh, a lot is Dr. Sam Bailey. And you can find her on um, BitChute or Odyssey, Dr. Sam Bailey. She really describes the fraudulent use of the RT-PCR to literally tag healthy people as sick when they're perfectly healthy. And the government knows they're doing this. And it's time we put these people in prison. They're criminals. I want to ask you, um, how do you see things playing out over the next five years? What, 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 what is the trajectory of of this world and what, how do you think people are best um, positioned accordingly? Well, they've, they've sidestepped a lot of pain and you can't sidestep the pain in the universal equations. So a lot of people have had a painless existence for 30 years 
And I will guarantee the way the universe works, uh, it always uh, reconciles the books. Those people that were drunk and high and smoked cigarettes and high on coffee and wouldn't pay attention to evil, evil is going to come around and give them uh, 30 years of pain in a five-year window. And that's really going to set the universe back into balance. And then the books will be reconciled. There's no society that can avoid the pain teacher. And the more you avoid it, you just get it later in bigger and bigger quantities. So it's going to be a very painful rite of passage that these people will be forced to go through. And they're going to remember what it's like. You, you can't, a society cannot survive when people don't like the cost of freedom is constant vigilance and no one's being vigilant because they were, they wanted to go watch the footy game and they wanted to go get drunk down at the pub and they wanted to give a good tug to some porn. And, and every time they were spending time pleasuring themselves, the books were being calculated by the universal calculator. These people aren't, uh, owning up to the pain evolution, pain-based pain evolution that is required to be a rider here in the universe. Yep. And for those who, I guess, have had those organic rites of passages, and I guess are more aware and awake, um, and seeing, you mean, the way, I guess, Babylon is going, and these smart cities are going, and the mandates are going, what would your advice be to them? I think they have to really, are, do you mean the people that are going to go through this very painful rite of passage? I think they should know that it's only going to be more painful if they do not face this ultimate evil in government. They have to put these people in jail mm. if they want it to swing back completely in the other way. They cannot, you cannot have satanic forces as your bedfellow. Because yeah. eventually you'll wake up and it'll be like a praying mantis. Your head will be gone. So you you, you can't have that. Like you you think reform is possible for the way for the way things are going in mainstream society, or do you think it's just going to go the way it's going and there's going to be some kind of I guess a breakaway communities and civilizations doing their own thing differently? I think if the breakaway civilizations start breakaway communities, it could start. The evil people they can never. You know, the, the left-wing mentalities, they can, never, they can never survive on their own. So whatever benefits and positive energy these breakaway communities manufacture, the left-wing mentality is like, we're just going to go take that because we want it because we're too lazy to cut our lawn. We're too lazy to make our bed. We're too lazy to grow our food. We're just going to come and steal yours. Is that okay? The left-wing mentality is more the child-based mentality. Someone's got to take care of me. I can't take care of myself. So I think if the breakaway communities do uh, get into the wild and start self-sustaining, they will, they, they will need a defensive force because that evil will come knocking. And they will have to stay vigilant all the time because they're always going to be, it, there's going to be attempts for invasion to steal the energy that the right wing adult brain is always producing. And the adult brain produces abundance. The child brain, which is more the left wing mentality, it's dependent. It can't survive on its own. It's going to be a parasite to any positive evolution that these breakaway communities develop. It's going to be like the walking dead, you know? Yeah, that's what came to my mind. 
it could it could be like that and and i think we should try to break away but this the satanists and the left-wing mentality they will never let positive productive individuals go away because they can't do anything themselves they can't even get up and grow their own food they can't make their own food who's going to take care of them like the perpetual infants that they are this is what left-wingers are all about is hug me squeeze me feed me so i think the only way to do it let everybody go through their painful evolutions but eventually i think these government parasites, this left-wing mentality, this communist social mentality, it has to be pulled out by the root, or this is just going to repeat over and over and over again. And we have to make sure if we have schools for children, we have to keep repeating these historical cycles, and we have to educate and teach our kids to understand why the price uh, of freedom is constant vigilance. And if someone starts talking about I'm going to take your money to build my dreams. That person literally has to be brought out back and shot. Mm. Yeah. Would you consider what we're going through um, a planned depopulation event by any means or any terms? It certainly appears to be that way. And again, if you go back to that sort of ancient cult, you can see they, they have a benefit, right? There's a benefit there. All the seniors, we won't have to worry about all the resources going to the seniors. They don't produce a benefit. And it, maybe we'll get rid of, as well as some of the smarter adults and we'll be left with the children. We can indoctrinate them any way we want. So you can see this depopulation scenario on a satanic level has a lot of benefit and upside for the mental defectives at the top of the ruling pyramid. And, it has to be depopulation because this is what the vaccine is really doing to so many people is literally killing them where they stand. Yeah. So they've talked about depopulation so much in the movies and the TV shows. They've written about it on the Georgia Guidestones. They've been banging this drum since the Malthusian catastrophe, which is an English scholar, I believe, in the late 1700s. that said the world was overpopulated. We got to get the eugenics and the Planned Parenthood and all that sort of um, depopulation campaigns going. I would think this has to be, ha has to be a big part of it for sure. Jason, your specialty is you have a self-sabotage school. So what, what's, what do you say to people? Like what's the solution to stepping out of the adult child mind and stepping into adulthood for, for real? I think it's just about taking personal responsibility. It's independence. You can see this big dependence agenda. And I believe this dependence agenda goes back to the UK royal family. And a lot of people would say, yeah, you know, the French and the Spanish, they went over to Mexico, started just killing people over there. And then the English and the French came over here to North America, uh, killing the native inhabitants over here, the Beothics in Newfoundland, the Mohawk here in, in the uh, Seaway Valley, the Sioux, the Navajo, the Cree. And you can even see the UK royals, they traveled to Australia, uh, killing the Aborigines there. I personally believe this is how old the dependency agenda is, because this evil group wants to control the resources and take them out of the hands of God. So if you're 
uh, a Mohawk, a great Mohawk nation or, you know, great Mohawk tribe on the plains of the Seaway Valley where I live, everything was provided by God. The water was provided by God. The food was provided by God. The shelter provided by God. The animals provided by God. So evil, this evil group, this evil satanic group that likes to use psychological manipulation to trick people to do to themselves what the ruling group can never do by force. There has to be a dependency. You have to control the water and say, hey, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to turn your water off. I'm going to make sure you can't go to the grocery store. I'm going to make sure you can't go shop at Amazon. I'm going to make sure you can't build your house. Well, if you lived on the plains of the Seaway Valley 500 years ago, they're going to say, you got nothing. You got absolutely nothing I want. And you're not going to be able to take away my water because I get it from the stream. And I'm not gonna, you're not going to be able to take away my food because I get it from the buffalo. And so you can see this dependency agenda is really the crux of how what's fueling this communist takeover. Every, that's why I believe they drove everybody into cities. Mm-hmm. everybody and they're still trying to get them into cities the smart cities could be even like a hunger game society that they want where the monorail goes into the smart city and then all the people like in what was it section 11 or section 12 where uh, uh, katniss was from mm-hmm. everybody's just in the same clothes there's barely any food and then everybody's got to be vaccinated and sedated and live in the cities and then they bring in the sacrificial lambs uh, to rem- you know, for various ceremonial purposes. But this dependency agenda is all about you not being in control of anything. So the solution is start getting in control of things. Start being independent. Maybe get out in the country. Do you know how to grow your own food? If you don't, you're dependent. Do you have your own water supply? If you don't, you're dependent. Can- do you have a rifle and you can get them... Uh, Obviously, in California, you can get a lot more than just a hunting rifle. But I think, Joel, you could at least get a hunting rifle if you're a hunter out. And do you know how to skin an animal? Do you know how to build a fire? Do you know how to support yourself? Do you know how to can your own food? Do you know how to store your own food? Do you have a windmill? Do you have a generator? Do you have solar power? How dependent are you on the system? You can see the average person who's not only feminized say the males are feminized they just thought hey i don't need to farm i'll just live in a condo i can get my food down at the grocery store gotcha gotcha Mm -hmm. because then they're going to say for you to get to the grocery store you got to do x y and z and you're like yeah i'll wear a mask and and then through i mean through brainwashing protocol that person who subconsciously subconsciously knows they're completely dependent on the system, they'll make up, it's been proven, they'll make up any excuse in their head to comply. Yeah, it's just a mask, no big problem. I'm just taking the two shots just to travel. I just want to travel. I just want to see my kids. They start fabricating the lies because they know they're completely dependent on the system anyway, that there's no sense struggling because that's how dependent they are. They don't have any guns. They don't know how to fire a bow and arrow. They don't, they've never even inquired about owning a gun. Uh, they don't, they're not even trying to grow food on the, on the balcony of their condo. They're not interested. They're not interested in freedom. They're not interested in getting their own water supply. They're not interested in growing their own food. So if you're looking for an answer, 
to try and start digging your way out of this, it would be try to be more independent and realize that this ancient cult, this ancient death cult traveled the world, literally killing anybody that was on the land. And in my opinion, that was all because they wanted to drive everybody into cities. And they also decorated the cities as the good time pleasure pits always the good time pleasure pits and they show the kids the movies you have some poor kid living out in the country in my area you know a hundred miles from a town and they'd be like oh, i want to go live in new york city sex in the city and all these movies about new york and sinatra new york new york mom i want to be in the big city trap they got trapped because they always advertise them as these good time pleasure pits and really, it was just to stick you in a condo. You're not in control of absolutely anything. And then you go to these government schools and they teach you, hey, the government loves you. They're there to protect you. They would never turn on you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're seeing it here in Australia. I mean, now they've mandated the vaccine for healthcare workers and for workers in, in education fields, you know? So, and I mean, obviously what you're talking on is another level, but for most people, their primary dependency is their income, right? So now their income is being threatened unless they compromise themselves and they've they've met the first crossroads. And you're absolutely right. You know, many people are at the point where it's like, I like my comfort, I like my normalcy, I like my my life that I kind of envisioned for myself within this framework that was built for me. And now all of a sudden, am I willing to have that rite of passage? Am I willing to have the pain of realizing that you know I mean I've, I've entangled myself within a system that requires me to compromise my integrity for reliance or am I going to step onto some kind of organic path and undergo and feel some pain and come out the other side and man it's in it's in full swing right now there's no doubt about that yeah they're dependent on the jobs because they've never you could have easily taught children in government school to be independent business owners every single one of them could have been an innovator, could have been an inventor, and that was a dependency agenda right from the get-go. They would teach them for job focus, and job focus means someone else is in control of your life. And everybody is herded into the government jobs too, is because it's like, oh, the other, like if you're just looking at jobs, you're not looking at million dollar dreams over here. And you know, you have that singular view when you're inside the school that let's look at the jobs and then all the best jobs you know i get like eight weeks vacation after 10 years with a government job i get 70 percent of my pay on a pension after i worked there for 30 years and then yeah they'll just keep paying me as long as i live and they, i get 70 percent i get longer vacations i get sick days i could be home with my kids and the trap that was the trap as well of course they decorated all these government uh, you know, occupations with all the best salaries, all the best benefits. And then that's part of it as well. You should have just went into the country and controlled everything because now that dependency is going to be weaponized and used against you. And people have no practice. They're like, they literally don't remember the last time they controlled their day. Have no idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm personally experiencing it to a certain degree. Like I grew up in the suburbs, but I lived in New York. I went to college in a city. I lived in New York City for eight years. I've been in LA, but last year, my wife and I moved outside of LA. 
like 30, 40 minutes and we have some land and we're starting the process of just growing, learning how to grow vegetables, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we'll see what happens, but like you said, it, it takes work and there are the rites of passages and we're, you know, we're, we're doing what we can. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. At least you have some land. Imagine someone in a condo, mm -hmm. they're completely dependent. Uh, the Wi-Fi is blasting them from all angles. They don't know how dangerous that is. And, and the government's saying you've got to take, you know, th th three jabs a year to keep the green light up on your, on your passport. And it, I mean, if you took uh, nine, ja eight jabs over three years, but you missed your ninth, you're unvaccinated. Like it's unbelievable yeah. where they're trying to drive this and the sky's the limit, right? What about the AIDS vaccine that's coming out? What mm -hmm. about your measles? Are you up on your rubella shot? Do you got your tetanus? It could go on forever. And the average person should realize that's where it's going to go. They're going to literally having you uh, take one shot a day to catch you up, but there is going to be real no catch. You're, you will expire long before your passport expires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just scam after scam after scam after scam. Man, it's quite the dependency. You know, it's quite, we've gotten, and not only have we gotten away from the water and the tents and the food and the land and the vegetables and the connection, that's what God provides. We're godless. We're soulless, right? We're, we gave up what God was giving for free for lesser versions of it that we have to pay for we we shit and piss in the own own water that the and then the government adds chemicals to it and then recycles it back when god used to give us the water for free in the street and it was pure and pristine we said oh that's not good enough for us because you know what about the casino what what about the nights out at the restaurant? What about, you know, what about the BJs in the park or mm -hmm. whatever you're looking for? It's a pleasure pit. It's, and I don't even, I mean, you know me, I'm not biblical, but these cities are dependency, sinful pleasure pits where people are literally locked in perpetual childhoods. Of course, they're going to be demanding tyrants rule them. They forget how to rule themselves. Mm. On, on some greater, I guess, cosmic level, do you see a great balancing out taking part as a result of what's happening, which otherwise would have just continued to be bypassed for such a long time? Because, I mean, this has definitely caused the veil to shake more than it's ever been shaken before, you know? So I just, I can't help but feel like on some level, this was the only way, you know? I would say you're exactly right, like a reconciling, a balancing of the books where this writer, like we're not supposed to be uh, stagnant as spiritual beings. And if we're always high and always distracted and always tranquilized and always sedated and someone else is always taking care of X, Y, and Z, we face no spiritual evolution. And I think that's baked in the cake in the equations of the universe. So all this sort of, and people get when they're bored, they, they focus on things that don't matter. I mean, the fact that we invented over a hundred different genders in the past three years alone, but didn't notice that the government was colluding to literally poison us back into the stone age is a representation and reflection of just how bored 
we were and how obsessed we were at focusing on shit that never mattered. <laughs> Ever. Mic drop right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's not only in that category, it's in many different categories. Like we're so focused on what happened to Thor and Revenge of the, you know, Affinity Wars. We were so focused on things that didn't matter. She said this, he said that, and I'm offended and, and uh, critical race theory. I mean, this is what we chose to put our energy into and evil laid down the breadcrumbs the entire time. Said, yeah, come over here. I'm just going to lop your head off. You guys aren't paying attention to anything. Mm -hmm. Jason, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, cinema, Hollywood, they, they use movies in a lot of different ways. And there are times where I've told people like, all right, you got to watch these, these great movies to inspire you. But do you also think that some of these movies like Braveheart, et cetera, is a way, are ways for people to like vicariously live out the heroic archetype without actually doing anything about it? So while this movie would be like, oh yeah, I feel so inspired, but no one ends up doing anything. They're just like, oh, I got that little fix. I got that, that taste of those archetypes, but I don't really need to do shit. You're, you're exactly right. It can be a venting. It's called a venting mechanism in psychology where someone wants to do something and because the subconscious doesn't know the difference between screen time, real life, or imagined thought, it actually thinks you're the hero. You're actually Braveheart. But the most dangerous thing about violent movies is it lays down dormant programming. And so all the dormant programming, all the violent cop movies, the cops have seen those movies. And dormant program, can, they know, can be triggered really easily. And you can bring the dormant program right out of a human if you put them in the right situation. So we have people on both sides, uh, people in the truth movement, people in uh, positions of authority that have taken in the repetitive content of these violent, corrupt and satanic movies. And now they're getting triggered to act them out. So you see police officers punching people, kicking people, choking people. They're, li they're literally getting triggered uh, like someone who watched the Gone in 60 Seconds movie would be triggered when they saw a nice car and would try and steal it. This is this is the most dangerous part of, of violent movies is that you have this deep, just under the surface, you have all this psychopathic behavior that can erupt at any second. And that's what a lot of the violent movies were, were about. And corrupt cop movies were prolific in the last 10 years and that sort of justification of being a crooked police officer or crooked military personnel has been put there purposely to lay dormant until it's triggered and then and the one of some of the other movies that rolled out over the past 10 years is that all the terrorists they they left 20 years ago, they used to be the North Koreans and the Chinese and the Russians. But the last 10 years, guess who all the terrorists were? Domestic. Mm. People like you and I. It's, it would be our culture fighting each other. And again, dormant programming where the police are programmed that this is commonplace. You're just going to beat the shit out of your neighbor because you've seen it such on a, such a repetitive basis over the past 10 years. And that's what's so dangerous about these violent movies.
Yeah, there's a, a real-life scenario in Melbourne not long ago. There was a protest, and for the first time, the cops unleashed rubber bullets on protesters in, a, in, a, in Australia. But there's this eerie footage, because the protesters are just mum and dads that have lost their business marching the streets. And this is eerie, eerie footage of this Australian cop with the face shield and his gun. I he, saw. Looks, he looks to his mates like, this is, what we, this is what we're ready for. This is what it's about, man. Come on. You know what I mean? And that... Well, that trigger clicked in and it's like oh wow i'm now unleashing rubber bullets on a mom like yeah it's like bad boys bad boys what you're gonna mm-hmm. do you know that this is the kind of ch- and they've and also the video been, games too video game culture has played into this yeah and godlessness there's mm-hmm. no god there's no morality they're not thinking because the church and religion have been soiled purposely as well right they made sure all the churches was littered with the pet everything was good at one time just letting you know folks the doctors were great at one time the hospitals were great at one time the schools were great at one time the police were great at one time but they can all be compromised in this subconscious programming behavior modification way where everybody can have their behavior specifically programmed into them and it can be triggered and we're in this sort of situation where no one's really had a good moral role model to talk to or to mimic or emulate their lead. Everybody in the power positions are littered there purposely. They're soulless, defective human beings. You're uh, Scott Morrison, Justin Trudeau, Bojo the Clown, Joe Biden. These are the most effective citizens inside the tribe. How did they get to these positions of power? They've been put there purposely to give us additional negative role modeling so that we mimic their defective behavior out in the streets. Jason, it's been an absolute pleasure to share this dialogue with you. We're so grateful that you're able to join us. And there's no doubt that you're here for the truth. I think everyone that's been listening <laughs> is is aware of that um any any final words i tell i tell people no storm lasts forever just try and gain some independence try and push away the dependency agenda try and educate others and really focus on you know watch a government uh, news release and look at the colors red and blue their hypno program colors are they a little higher on the tv screen are they using uh trigger words are they using repetitive phrases know how they're mind controlling you because like i said uh, if you know how the magician does the magic show the magic show fails to impress protect yourself it's the only way to protect yourself from mind control is to actually know how it's facilitated upon your psyche Thank you so much, Jason. Really, yeah, very, thank you so much for being here. It's nice to finally connect in real time. And real quickly, did you want to share with our audience anything about your self-sabotage programs, anything else, websites, et cetera? Yeah, well, the self-sabotage coaching school, which we teach, we literally teach all the brainwashing and mind control techniques to our students, but we teach our students how to mind control people in a positive way because it can't it's like a knife right if you grab the handle end of a knife i can fix you a nice meal defend myself you grab the blade end you can cut your hands to bits we teach people how to use this technology in a positive way and it could be used in a positive way in every facet of society but it's used in a negative way right now that school opens two to three times a year And I also have an at-home study program where people can do an individual self-sabotage course at home where I've recorded uh, a lecture I did online where I have, I would say, the most insane, crazy, and shocking videos that you've ever seen in your life. 
and it will all explain how the social engineers hack your behavior and then how you can rehack your own behavior for positive outcomes in your own life. And if anybody wants any information on that, they can email me at jason at freedomfromselfsabotage.com and I can give them information on any of those programs. And the at-home study program is only $99 and there's a money back guarantee, but you you'll uh your job be on the floor <laughs> i I've, i i've purchased uh your programs over the years and i have to say they're they're such an amazing value as well for what you provide it's it's great so anyone that's listening to this like just jump on it you'll, you'll get information that it's literally going to transform your life the way you look at yourself the way you look at the world around you and uh it's definitely life-changing yeah, I'm going to drop all the links in our show notes anyway. So people just, if, if you're feeling inspired, which I'm sure you would be, just jump on and get in touch with Jason. Um, to our valued members listening, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for valuing what we do. This is what we want to do and what we want to continue to do. And we really appreciate your support. Um, if you enjoy what you're here, please tell your friends and encourage them to subscribe and get behind alternate independent media. I mean, I know we're all paying 14, 15 bucks for Netflix, Stan, Disney, Yahoo!, um, if you can manage to support families in there for the truth, spreading the cutting edge information on healing, self-sabotage, self-knowledge, then we'd really appreciate that. Jason, thanks for joining us and everyone we'll catch you next time. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms because they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.